The Tabuti Drive. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. On 5FM. Some really groundbreaking stuff. Um, the third ever uh, penis transplant and the second, which is the highest number for any country, having just been performed, which is really, really amazing uh, for the country. And the, the latest patient, uh, they, he's said to be living a normal life. His urinary and sexual functions have returned to normal. He's apparently virtually forgotten that he's even had the transplant. Sure. Except when he looks at it. Why? Well... Is this the recent one? Yeah, yeah. This is they the were still one. going to tattoo um, the the penis skin because it's not the same color as the rest of his skin. So surely now, when he looks down, he can tell that something has happened. Okay, just a quick disclaimer: if there are young ones in the vehicle with you, wherever you are, you might want to just keep them out of earshot. Uh, we are talking about penis transplants. So we spoke to the lead surgeon, Professor Andre van der Merwe, um, and the first question, obviously, is who qualifies. For the actual surgery, um, what must what must who can happen? Uh, is it a case of if you'd like? Yeah, I don't if, know. I'm, if I'm not happy with my member, can I go there and be like, can you give me a bigger one? Yeah, maybe you just fancy a new one. Yeah. Maybe you don't not look like so well anymore. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you'd like to send you know some pics and you wish it had a better appearance. <laughs> this is a, a research study, as, as you might be aware, and, and the study's participants are for this approved study is only young guys who had a loss of a penis after a circumcision that leaves a very typical defect the ritual circumcision uh, you know in the in the process they tie a very tight bandage around the penis right up to the abdominal skin and then the penis normally due to lack of blood supply basically falls off at the skin of the abdomen and that leaves a stump sort of all the the rest of the penis that, that's normally under the skin and attached to the bone is sort of still there that's the sort of platform that i decided to to, to you know to do the transplants on so so at, at the stage it would only be someone who had the ritual circumcision that's gone wrong okay so it's not for aesthetic reasons Sizi. okay um so if if you know something's gone wrong while you were getting circumcised is mm. currently what they're looking at but apparently more research is going into it that's so interesting to me because you always assume a botched circumcision involves like the actual cutting of the foreskin or um, maybe it's infected you don't think that it's because the bandage has been tied so tightly that it restricts that, the blood yes. flow. Yeah, I, I was also pretty surprised. Also, I asked how many cases of these, you know, are there? There's only been three performed. Are more people coming forward? It's actually interesting. After the previous case, I was inundated with people saying I had the same problem and I want to want to be on it. And then they come and see and then they tend to disappear again. So I'm not sure what's going to happen happen here to, to this. But there's, there's certainly, if you look at the data, there's, there's certainly um, at least two, three hundred people with severe genital mutilations every year that, uh, you know, you know that, that sort of disappear into society. And we think they get depressed and commit suicide because we actually never see an old person who lost the penis after a second. You, you just don't tend to see them, you know. They, in the hospital, I mean, people get other diseases, for instance, cancers or whatever. So those people who lost their penis during circumcision, they don't seem to get old, you know. They and and we and we suspect from interviews we had with these guys that they actually commit suicide. People say it's not a life-saving operation, um, but I think it's a very cruel statement. Absolutely, it's a life-saving uh, oh, operation. Um, it's I don't know. I feel like. Are we still living in a time where people are embarrassed to openly have these discussions? I don't know. Um, when we used to have uh, Dr. Alna McIntosh on the previous show, mm. she'd 
always speak about how, you know, guys will text her certain things, but then they'll never come back for a certain session or they must be like dying before they actually 100%. go to a doctor. Mm. I think guys are so sacred about the about their penises that it's such a taboo thing to talk about or even discuss with other people. I'm sure you agree with me, Duran. Yeah, it's 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 a touchy subject. It mm. still is. I mean I think <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> I've got I've got a bag of those. Um, <laughs> or two. <Yeah. laughs> but it is and, and 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 it's I don't know why like guys get embarrassed because we shouldn't. Like mm. if there's something wrong down there or something's not right, like just go get it checked out. You're gonna feel a lot better. I think it's also because it's a sign of your manhood, you know, like something to show off with when you especially when you're younger, eh? When you're younger, know. that's how you show off. Like women on the other hand, and maybe I'm generalizing, we're much more I don't know, liberal about it. I think, I don't know, when I'll speak for myself, when I speak to my friends, I'm like, oh my gosh, friend, I haven't been to my gynae in like two weeks. You know what I mean? It's, mm. it's We're very open around, mm. uh, you know, those sorts of conversations. And perhaps it's time for guys, you know, to do the same. Like, you can celebrate your manhood. But you, not just when you speak to the ladies. Go to a doctor. Get it checked out. The Tabuti Drive. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. On 5FM.